Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello and welcome to the Driving Mall Show. And boy, oh boy, that was as close as it could get at the weekend with that one-point win to win the Rugby World Cup. And uh, joining me to uh, go over all of the uh, news and action from the weekend um, is um, Steve. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing very well. I, was, I just popped myself up there. I'm messing on the screen. <laughs> uh, I'm doing good. Good to be here. Uh, it's sad now. I mean, it's sad. We've got to be sad. No no more exciting rugby to watch, like from the World Cup. It's like, oh, we've got to watch URC instead. It's like, oh, six months to international <laughs> rugby. It's like, oh, no, it's been fun. Been a blast, right? World Cup's been a blast. What a weekend it's been as well. But you've still got Wales versus the Barbarians coming in a couple of weeks, I think. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, Wales to start off. But... <laughs> yep. Well, we'll just stick with the URC, I think. Go out the Stormers. The oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so folks what we're going to do have a quick chat about some news then we'll go over the games from the weekend um, and then we'll have a look at the um, rugby awards as well and then um, on that um, and uh, lots of discuss national nations championship etc world cup expansion to 24 teams well there you go um, Steve as you, as you were just saying pre-show you tend to go off on tangents and talk about things so it looks like we're going to be uh, we're going to be doing uh, doing that then this evening um, how many hours? How many congratulations to the world's best, the third best team. Bronze doesn't lie. Exactly. Go England. Um, <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, dearie me. Dearie me. So that's Christopher in the chat there. Um, good to see Simon and uh, the reviewer also on uh, YouTube. Don't forget, you can join us on YouTube, Facebook, um, and Twitter or X or whatever the hell Elon Musk is doing with it this week. Um, and also, you can catch up or listen to the uh, podcast as well. Obviously, you can't join the live chat via podcast, uh, so you have to be here at 8pm on a Monday to do that kind of thing. So, um, big, I mean, big news from the uh, the weekend or, or since, since last week is that um, we have a new visual identity for the Rugby World Cup. We have a new logo. <sighs> oh, <wow. laughs> on, I'm glad the reviewer's here because he's. I'm pretty sure he's the one that brought it up in my live stream this morning. And showed me it. And I thought, I said to him at the time, I was like, okay, I had a look. And I was like, is this what you mean? And he's like, yeah. And it's like, I thought this was someone's channel art they made for a YouTube channel or like a, a Twitch channel saying. And I was like, man, that's a pretty poor effort. 
And it was actually the World Rugby World Cup logo. And then um, we just continued to throw up for the next about hour um, after that. Uh, just continuously. It's it's horrible. So go for it. <laughs> You're welcome here. It's all your fault, <laughs> reviewer. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Dylan, yeah, he's not, not impressed with it either. Um, I'll just quickly share it on screen for those of you who are here and obviously not watching on um, uh, not watching on YouTube um, so we can see what we're talking about. Uh, it's this um, uh, fantastic, amazing, wonderful um, gold-swirling uh, galaxy with RWC in the uh, middle of it. Yeah, there was nothing wrong with the old one. I don't see how this one embraces the future gives the Rugby World Cup in, um, uh, the uh, unique energy um, and uh, and all of that kind of thing. Um, Robbie, I, I, we're not talking about the paces, okay? Well, I mean, there were a tangent to go down. Two and a tangent to go down, but um, that's, Undefeated. Uh, that's not one. Undefeated, eh? Well, great start to the yeah. start of the season. Yeah, he's been to two, Robbie. Um, yes, he has been to them as well. He's uh, <laughs> And he's got merch and he got put on the screen. And, oh, they've just... Uh, yeah, they 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 spoiled him. Um, it's, it's what happens when you're a YouTube celebrity, uh, and, uh, and you and you and you. <laughs> you spending all that YouTube money, eh? That's what Jack would say. Yeah, spending all that YouTube money. <laughs> Woo, throwing it around. Yeah, all three dollars fifty. Yeah. So yeah, waste of money um, doing a new logo when it wasn't required. Quite like the old one. Don't know what this is all about now. Um, looks pretty awful. Um, Simon says looks good in gold. Yeah, not so sure about that. There we go. Um, the uh, the um, at least brought back the identification as, as it, it, it's a women's world cup. No, it, they're still calling it the rugby world cup, um, just that it's the women's version afterwards, right? They're not changing, they're not saying it's the women's rugby world cup, they're saying that the next rugby world cup is the women's one. Um, so that uh, I think we should have women's rugby world cup and men's rugby world cup, uh, so we know what the differences are, please. Um, so, um, so yeah, uh, so uh, so there we go. Um, <laughs> looks worse in glow in the dark green. <laughs> I think that pretty much goes for everything uh, in life. Um, with you. That's a, that, that, that's the standard thing. Everything looks worse. It worse in glow in the dark green. Um, anyway, should we get, let's move on from that one. Um, Please, Eddie Jones um, has uh, <laughs> oh, yes <laughs> has now officially quit. Okay, folks. So there we go. So he's he's officially quit. Um, and uh, apparently, whilst they've not actually signed and done the paperwork yet, apparently he's not getting paid out. Uh, that's that he's just getting quit full stop. Uh, and um, is and uh, boss um, uh, McLean says he won't uh, he won't resign over basically cocking this up, um, as he was the guy who directly uh, directly hired um, Eddie Jones. Um, it's been short. It certainly hasn't been sweet, Steve. I how did he screw it up so badly? Where, where did it go wrong? It's been pretty sweet for us, hasn't it? Sitting over on this side, laughing at everything that he's stuffed up and all the stupid things he said and all the people he's abused and telling people their jokes and idiots and they don't know rugby. And um, I mean, even what he said last week when he said that, you know, um, Michael Hooper and players that he left out weren't the role models that he was looking after for the, the World Cup tournament. And I mean, geez, it's funny. It's really funny. But where did it go? There's been a good comparison I read last week about how England had the same amount of time to prepare with a new coach as Australia did, as in England's and, and Wales Eddie as Jones. Well. And, Wales and Wales, as well. yeah, well, yep. yeah, but England is the direct correlation of Eddie Jones left England to Australia, right? So, uh, yeah, true. And look, 
but even Wales, yeah, consider Wales as well. How much better were Wales? How much better were England? He can't sit there and say, I didn't have enough time. Um, because those sides had just as much time. And, and look what they accomplished. I mean, England, I mean, as, as much as it pains most people to say, it were probably the su- most surprising tier one nation out of the Rugby World Cup, right? I mean, to get into that top four, many from a, from a positive, like myself. Way, I think Australia might have been the most surprising that that is quite so badly, to be honest. But, um, okay, surprising in a positive way that they actually performed way, yeah. better than expected. Uh, regardless, uh, where did it go wrong? I mean, selections definitely went wrong in selections. Um, just everything, really, everything. Um, the attention, uh, the deflections. I mean, if you give any credit for anything, uh, I would give it to the credit that he actually absorbed most of the attacks at himself. He probably saved his players from a lot of a lot more heartache than they already uh, took from that tournament. So a lot more criticisms, a lot more that sort of stuff. He took a lot of the heat. So if you're going to credit him for anything, I'll credit him for that. But yeah, a lot went wrong. Everything went wrong. Uh, what went right would probably be the easier question. Um, and alongside that, you'd probably say they unearthed a few good players, uh, youngsters uh, for the future. I'd say, you know, in 2027, they should have a, provided they stay in Australia, a, a nice deep, hopefully pool of players that they can and select from over the next four years as well. So um, not great though, not great for Australia, not great for any. And I honestly, moving on from this, I fear for Japan. If, if he goes to Japan, which like I say, hasn't been confirmed. And I think I've, I've read there's a number of, of high profile coaches that are actually trying to get their Japan job. So um, yeah, tread carefully Japan. That's all I can say. Yeah, absolutely. And um, the, to, to me, I think uh, Nocturnal Rights has, has, has nailed it, which is, which is the, uh, which is where I was going to go with this. Confused strategy and personnel and messaging. Look, he started off with one team. Um, they lost a game, uh, lost a couple of games. Then he totally ditched them and started off with another team um, that saw him through to the end of the rugby championship um, and then decided that wasn't working. And so started with another team at the Rugby World Cup. He was like, no. If you look at what um, I mean, Gatland, to a certain degree, did something similar. Um, he had an initial team. He then flipped and went, right, no, this is my team. Um, Steve Borthwick, a bit more experienced with the crowd as he was. Eddie Jones' assistant for a while before going off to Leicester Tigers, came in, picked a team and stuck with it. Um, and after a couple of games, that's what um, Gatland did. And this is not what Eddie Jones did. He kept, even during the Rugby World Cup, he's like, Carter's my man. No, he's not this. Um, um, Gordon's my man. No, 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 he's not this. This um, Kind of who was the fly half? I, I think I've got the wrong name there for the second person. But anyway, um, but he was... It, he kept changing. He needs to pick a team and stick with it and go, okay, this is what it's going to be and I'll either win or lose with it. Instead, he kept changing. The players didn't know if they're going to get selected or not. I mean, Quade Cooper, you either, either um, whether you love him or hate him, you don't pick him in every single 22, up through every single 23, sorry, match day 23, up through every World Cup and then don't take him to a World Cup. I mean, that's a waste of a jersey. You either keep with him or you have someone else in that jersey. Um and to me, I think that's um, uh, that, that, that's that's where the, the, the problem was. Well, you, you didn't see that chopping and changing by by Gatland, by Borthwick, um, by the um, I mean the Fijian head coach. Also, he also only had them this year. He only joined them this year. Um, so there's been a number of coaches that have only joined this year and have done good jobs. And there been a number. And um, Eddie Jones is the exception to the rule in that case, and that he hasn't. And as someone as as Dylan said, feel I, I feel for Dave Rennie. Absolutely. Dave Rennie had them. Uh, he, Dave Rennie would have got them out, well, got them out of the pool. I'm not saying he would have got past the quarterfinals where he would have won the Rugby World Cup, but I think he'd have got them out of the pool, in my opinion. 
He went weirdly opposite to everyone else, right? Because you, you say like about England, England had a very experienced core uh, through key positions, you know, like your Laws and your Farrells, uh, your, your Tulangis, your Marchants. Yeah, they've been around for ages. Mays, you know, a lot of those guys have been around the squad for a long, long time. There was a lot of Wallaby names in there that were new over the last year, had come and gone. Um, it, it's it just, he went for the, all the youth, which it's good to have some youth, but you can't have your youth running your leadership group sort of thing. And, and when you've got a captain who's, you know, only been back in Australia for a year, um, leadership qualities unknown, but boy, I kind of felt sorry for him to be chucked in that deep end and have to have to be the one to, you know, give out all the sorry messages to Australia. Like he's the one that actually, you know, put them in that absolute crap storm. Um, but yeah, number of players, you, you think like those names there that, that Christopher's just put in there, like your Cooper, your Beal, your Hooper. Um, what about well, you? Like your Foley's. <laughs> Leadership-wise, yes. like, I mean, instead of she's someone who didn't even play, like like that Jorgensen guy that was injured when he left, reactivated the injury, and then got dumped. Have an old guy there just as a, a leadership sort of quality. That, that's like throughout this World Cup, the way it's been scheduled, you don't need a squad of thirty-three players. No. You you really don't need it. I, I mean, so I'll show why not? Up. Exactly, a lot of teams um just typically went with that same squad through most of their games. So it shows you can have players who are a bit more adept at, if you want to go for a younger squad, bring in some leadership. You know, bring in some guys that are actually going to cover your positions, sure, and they could play the, the minnows and stuff like that, but are also going to help develop and help take a bit of that strain and that pressure and that, um, you know, just help them to learn in that cauldron that is a rugby world cup. So, uh, missed a number of tricks. Uh, we learned a lot during this World Cup. That's going to be absolutely useless for the next World Cup because we're not going to have that sort of structure again. Uh, but, you know, we live and learn. And um, I think Australia's got more problems than just Eddie Jones, right? Um, I think there's a there's a lot more in-depth going on there at the top uh, for for that whole union, let alone. But, hey, I mean, it was entertaining. I'll give Eddie that. It was, it was bloody entertaining. Oh, not all the blame is on on Eddie's shoulders. How he went because you look at some um, the previous six um, head coaches, each one of them has had a worse result, uh, has, has had a worse winning result than the ones before. I mean, Eddie Jones clearly the worst, as in he didn't win a single game before the Rugby World Cup. Um, his only wins were over um, Portugal and Georgia. There we go. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean that's just yeah. So. Um, so look, he takes it to a new low. I mean, the the one good thing about replacing Eddie is you can't do much worse, right? <laughs> um, so hence, otherwise, why would you? I mean, because um, I mean, this is a poison chalice. Look, they got rid of they got rid of Dave Rennie ahead of time. Um, Checker was told basically you're out of here before when he didn't before Rugby World Cup. A bit like a bit like Ian Foster's been done with uh, with with the All Blacks. Um, but he also was a last-minute replacement for someone else who just got fired before him. It's it's not a uh, it's not a very stable job. I mean, mm. and they don't have the cash either to go. You know what? We'll give you a million bucks or two million bucks if we fire you early. I, I, there's going to be a whole bunch of coaches who are just going to go. No, thank you. We just don't want that crap. Um, uh, Mar, um, uh, in the chat there, um, Bass goes. Uh, Eddie Jones said that the older guys didn't have the hunger desire to die for their country. The older guys just were there for the paycheck. Uh, whatever. I'm sorry, but Michael Hooper's shown yeah. that he's not just there for the paycheck. He could he could easy, easily have gone overseas for paychecks when he didn't. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe a Beal, but there are other players there um, who um, who weren't there just for a paycheck. Um, so no, that's that's just um, that, that, that's just uh, that's just wrong. That I'm sorry. Um, 
he might have said it, but he wasn't right. Um, the uh, going forwards, it's going to be interesting to who they get to replace him. Apparently, they want an Australian. Um, so, uh, I mean, Larkham is being named, but I mean, what's he done so far? I don't really, think he wants to be away coach. from his family, though. I've, I've, I've read on Larkham. See, Larkham was my favorite too, but I've heard that he doesn't want to do the away trip so much. So, he doesn't really want to be in that Wallaby conversation. Um, so, uh, so yes, yeah, so that's um, McKenna, um, is, is, is probably looking like. Um, McKellar, sorry, Dan McKellar is looking like the 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 yeah, um, yeah. or um, uh, is looking like the uh, most likely one. Um, but um, yeah, we'll see who who um, who picks it up. But it's basically got, they're not going to be having um, a Dave Rennie with uh, with with super with, with um, super rugby titles, or whatever. They're not going to be having an Eddie Jones with taking team to the Rugby World Cup that kind of pedigree. They're going to go with someone who who basically is relatively untried at this level as the head guy. Um, and uh, let's um, let's see if he sinks or swims. I mean, England are in the same situation with Borthwick, to be fair. Um, so so we will see um, how that all hands out. Hopefully, they do get their central contracting stuff and reshape it. It's not all about, as I say, Eddie Jones isn't the only reason that Australian rugby is where it is. There's been a, a good decade or so um, of, it, um, of it basically cocking up. Um, but um, look, they've got two Rugby World Cups coming up. Please don't collapse like the USA did um, and have World Rugby have to come in and bail everything out um, ahead of when the USA collapsed ahead of the Sevens Rugby World Cup. Um, we, we don't want that kind of shit happening. Um, and then it's going to the States after that. So, boy, oh boy, the uh, the next two Rugby World Cups are going to countries that aren't in the best of shape. Let's be blunt um, and uh, and need something to, to head in the right direction. Uh, Brad Thorne is the next one. No, I can't see that happening. That would be great. Um, <laughs> Great. You'd, you'd, you'd like to see Brad Thorne as the uh, as head wallabies as wallabies co head coach? Why not? I mean, what 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 could possibly be worse, right? I mean, the passion is there, the desire is there, the ability is pretty much there, the respect of players is there. Um, he's kind of transitioned quite nicely into coaching. I've been, if he wants it, um, I wouldn't. I certainly wouldn't put him out of the pitch. I mean, like you say, there's not huge amount of other options, is there? There's not. You know, they're not knocking the doors down with uh, top tier coaches wanting the job. And you know, like, like Dill says, he's like, he's coached the Reds. He's been in Australian rugby. Of course, he is Australian, you know, um, by original birth. So, yeah, why not? Yeah, look, they, they also has had some good, um, some good youth sides, but they do, <laughs> yeah, have some, have some problems. Um, and he's won the, yes, and Brad Thorne has won the Red Zone Cup before. Yes, yes, but not in green and gold. Um, yeah, just like Finn Christie's the only Scotsman to make a World Cup final, right? Well, he's. I was going, yeah, Kerr Barlow back for the All Blacks. Uh, he's trying to put, he was trying to get into the Australian team. Um, the um, um, uh, Bastard, every coach, every, um, each every country needs their own people to coach their country. Foreigners don't win World Cups. No, sorry, that's not true. Uh, you, but you do need somebody who um, will uh, will embrace the culture, as Eddie Jones did in Japan, as um, the uh, the French guy who's leading the Portuguese team this year yes. has done. Those people, you need people as as um, um, oh the, the the Fiji Sevens coach, the um, ginger guy, the English ginger person, Ryan. Oh, Dean, yep. Um, look, yeah, foreign coaches can work, but they do have to embrace the culture, not try and put their culture into a um, into a team. Um, yeah, also got a Lions tour in two years' time for the for, for Australia. Bloody hell! Yes, so I understand why. The um, the CEO is not stepping aside because he's got an awful lot of stuff 
on his plate. Um, to have someone step in at this stage, pretty late, to be honest, to organise those things, not so kind of cool. Um, Ian Foster has said that he would be, um, that he is open for offers um, and that he will take, uh, he, he's ha he won't rule out working for another country. So, yes, um, Ian Foster um, to the uh, to the Wallabies, maybe. Who knows? Um, I can see that going down like a lead balloon. Mm. If Dingo Deans wasn't uh, wasn't liked, Ian Foster, my God. Um, well, look at what happened but, when Steve Hanson helped him out for two weeks or whatever it was. Look at all the bloody media attention over that. It's crazy. Yes, but... but at least he didn't have to be. But can you imagine Ian Foster doing doing um, d d doing a press conference for as, as a Wallabies head coach? That's what I mean. He's not. He's not looking at it now. At least, at least, at least Hanson didn't. Do, he, he, he was just no. behind the scenes, putting him putting him in front of the in front of a press as a. He's not exactly personality plus when he's an All Blacks head coach. I mean, <laughs> he would be ripped to pieces. Um, so yes, <laughs> make it um, happen. <laughs> it would be amusing, but. Um, Look, we New Zealand needs the Wallaby. It needs New Rugby Australia to be solvent. <laughs> they need them. Um, they a weak Australia is bad for New Zealand. Um, let's be blunt here. Well, twenty minutes on that. I wasn't expecting to. Um, <laughs> but hey, uh, I mean, who can't get excited about a new logo for a Rugby World Cup? Um, the um, so let's uh, <laughs> go on. Any other news? Got a. No, 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 just me not being able to get excited about the new logo. That, that's me number one, for sure. Uh, dear. Um, so, yes, um, first up then we had um, Argentina um, versus um, England. Um, the uh, Actually, one of the things I mean, we've been chatting about um, during this Rugby World Cup is, is obviously the, the, uh, the schedule and how that has impacted um, the uh, closeness of the um, of the games, um, and uh, if we have a quick look at the uh, the two games we had um, this weekend, one game was won by three points, the other game was won by one point. These are the closest ever finals. It's the closest ever Rugby World Cup final, and um, the closest other one was um, actually oh, no equal. Sorry, with um, with the first one back in 1987. Um, and and eight uh, seven the, and 2011. No, 2011 was was three points. Eight, wasn't it? eight seven. Unconverted oh, try and a penalty to an unconverted. Try and I've got the way around. Sorry. sorry, yes, you, you, no, you're right. This is the yeah, the closest. It, it should be one and I've got oh dear, it should be one and three. Yeah, 87 three, was a lot more than that. There we go. And yeah, 87 was, was was 20 points. I'm getting my column, my, my two columns mixed up. <laughs> oh no, oh, oh no, dear. I've flustered them. No, no, <laughs> this is why I've got Steve on to keep, keep me on the straight and narrow. Um, mm. yes, yeah, so it's closer to the mean, final compared to 2011. Um, bring back Alan Jones, Jesus Christ. Um, I mean, there are dinosaurs and there are dinosaurs. Um, but so, yeah, but these are the closest ever um, finals combined um, with, uh, again, same with 2011, um, which, um, so yeah, so, so for all of the talk about the, uh, about the, um, the whole, uh, um, the, the whole, the whole thing about the, how, how these, uh, the, the, the schedule and stuff, um, the, sure, the, um, I'm clicking on the wrong bit of the screen. Sure, the, one of the semi-finals was was the second biggest blowout, but we had the best quarterfinals, percent or closest quarterfinals ever. Um, so um, look, it's worked. Uh, it's worked overall. Um, so um, so yeah. So I'm 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 not that upset by the schedule. Sure, it caused lots of angst, but um, I don't I don't think it's ruined the World Cup in any in any way, shape, or form. Steve. 
uh, it's been good. I mean, I've had three days or four days for my voice to rest from doing three or four matches in a row at 3.30 in the morning. So, you know, I'm all for it. That means I could go again in the next weekend. I remember I did two. Yeah, but also the, also the, the draw is what I meant. It's not oh, just, I, obviously the, oh, the draw. Oh, no, the draw needs to be sooner. No, 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 no. The draw needs to be sooner. No, it, it worked out all right, right? But It, it worked still, out okay, yeah. It still wasn't right. Um, yeah, they, they got lucky with that. I think they got lucky because teams performed differently to how I think people were expecting teams to perform, right? I mean, that, that pool C was, was just fun. I think that, that was probably one of the funnest um, World Cup pools you'll ever see. But who could have predicted the erraticness of the Fijians, um, the quality of Portugal um, overall? And, of course, the Georgians were there or thereabouts as well. So I think they got lucky with that. I think they got lucky. I think Paul C kind of overshadowed how dull A and B were. And um, they kind of kept everything exciting for the weekends. But, you know, you've got to do it sooner. you got to do it sooner. You want you want... You want your semi-finals to be semi-finals, right? Um, I think that's where it kind of got it all wrong. But uh, but yeah, in, in terms of the gaps, I, I like the gaps. Um, and we're not going to have that again. That that's for sure. But do do it, do it just before six months, a year, at least a year minimum, I reckon. Well, we'll we'll see what they, how they do. But, but oh, they um, won't do that. No, this is world rugby we're talking about. They'll do it the worst <laughs> way possible. They'll probably do it next week, knowing you know them. But it won't be um quite so. But it won't, won't be as close as you want anyway. But um, uh, look, the, the next rugby World Cup. Oh, geez, boy, oh boy. Let's just make the whole thing more complicated, right? Um, Rip short, my throat. Having more, having more team, more teams. Okay, I, I can see that's a, a relatively good idea. But look, we had some serious blowouts in this in this tournament. Um, if you're gonna uh, if you're gonna have weaker teams in this, if, if, um, then we're gonna have even bigger blowouts. So I'm not sure that's necessarily uh is is going to be. Uh, there's going to need to be a shed load of investment between now and then um, to make it happen. And then where you've got the first and second plus the best finishing thirds. Oh, Jesus Christ. Let's, I mean, where you're having to figure out oh, the points difference on this guy against a team they've not played who's over in that other pool. And that, oh, <laughs> um, that's just going to be, uh, it's, it's keep it simple, stupid. Um, and I think perhaps what we should have done is have a bowl competition or something else to give the other teams uh, at the same time or some, some way of having more teams involved. Um, but, um, but I'm not sure that the way they've gone about it is the right way. That's my, my opinion. Maybe something like they did actually at the, the Sevens World Cup where they actually had teams who got a buy in the first round. That might be a way of doing it. So you get the, the big teams that have to basically thrash small teams. Give me more teams. Give me more, more teams. teams. More teams. I want more tier two rugby. I want more. Give me more tier two. Give me more Portugal. Give me more Brazil. Give me goddamn Belgium. I want them all. I want them all. Um, and I want them all to play rugby. Um, that's I want more teams. I, are they getting shafted already? They're not going to play any decent games against any decent opposition for the next like seven years anyway. So why does it matter? No, I want more. I want more teams. That's that's what's so wrong with the bloody nations cup. Is it basically? <laughs> Portugal don't play a tier one team between now and the next World Cup, right? Exactly. And then they're expected to turn up and compete. That's just bullshit. The Nations Cup isn't going to work. Um, it's just going to isolate um, and uh, eliticize the game even more. And this is one of the most elitist games in the that there's ever that there's ever been invented, um, along with cricket. Cricket and rugby, the two most elitist sports in the world. Um, they don't need to be. And look, it's not like rowing or 
or um, or cycling where you have to spend five thousand dollars on a bike, a ball costs you fifty bucks, and that's everyone can chips in. And so um, you can it doesn't it shouldn't cost a lot of money to play. It shouldn't be an elitist sport. Um, but the way that we've the way that it's designed, the way that the scheduling and the way that um, this won't give um, teams opportunities is just a joke. Why were All Blacks tours to the to, to Europe such a big draw and, and so anticipated? Because they didn't happen every year, right? We don't need the, the tier one teams playing each other every year. Why does the Lions work so well? Because there's no Lions tour for three years. If it only happens once every four years, people get excited about it because of that. Less is more, folks, um, in that kind of sense. We want more teams, but we want less of the same games all the fucking time. Sorry. That, you, you're, not gonna get, you're not going to get a respite for me on that one. I agree with you. <laughs> I agree with you 100%. Um, on the World Cup, though, I, I would I would ask you, <laughs> what what was your favourite part? What was not, not favourite match or just, just your favourite memory of the Rugby World Cup? What, what was your favourite memory of, of the tournament? Oh, you're going to drink beer. I'll go for mine anyway. What, okay, you've stopped now. What was your favourite memory? What, what, what's going to stand out the most for you with this World Cup? Look, I think it is going to be the, the, the people's excitement around around Portugal, actually, to be honest with you. Um, the, uh, yeah, that, that was, that, that's, that's the, the best thing. Because the most disappointing thing about the World Cup for me, well, there are two things. One is the, everyone is getting so pissed off with referees all the time. Um, that's, that's, that's just bullshit. Um, um, but the other thing is that it promised to be a breath of fresh air, but we ended up just with the same old bloody teams at the end of the day, at the end of it. Um, where it, so I, I was hoping for it to be a, a new winner for Fiji to get further, all of that kind of stuff. But so so those are the things I wanted to be excited about. But I think the best memory was Portugal. Uh, yeah, exactly. I think most people we agree the performance of some of those smaller sides, Fiji, not not really as small, but you know the, the, their performance throughout the pool stage, the Portugal. Chile putting up a, a pretty good fight throughout the tournament as well. Uruguay, you know, really pushing France um, through that pool A fixture. All these small teams were our highlights. And, you know, I talked about this a lot yesterday, actually, um, after the final. The, the, the group stage, the pool stages of the World Cup were so fun. They were exciting. Um, they were refreshing. Everyone was positive. Everyone was talking about how good it is to see Portugal, how good it is to see Fiji you are performing well. How good now it is, you know, Uruguay is, is actually scoring some tries. They're scoring points, you know. They're playing attacking rugby. We're learning about guys like Rafael Storti and, of course, our old Mr. Martins in the second row. You know, all these standout guys that now are like household names, you know. Everyone was happy. It was well, their household names, they've got their 15 seconds of fame. We'll never hear from them again. Well, that's, them again. That's, that's real. Well, I'm not going there. But that's, <laughs> yeah. that is a point as well. But now, right now, you know, that was the fun part. Everyone was talking about Martins, right? He was like the guy that was just absolutely phenomenal for who the hell's Portugal? You know, Amaya, uh, Adeo, the, the Uruguayan players, you know, all these guys. Okay, it was fun. It was exciting. It was good fun. Everyone was positive. It was upbeat. Um, everyone was enjoying, enjoying themselves. Cut to quarterfinal weekend. What happened? Instantly negativity. Instantly hatred. Instantly overcompetitiveness. Instantly much more disgust in referee performances. The whole feeling of the tournament changed. It flipped completely on its head, and it went from being such a fun, exciting, refreshing, um, just enjoyable tournament to being back to the whole 
oh, I hate this team. I hate this player. I hate this referee. You don't deserve to be in the semifinals because the referee helped you get the, the negativity went from 2% to literally 100%. Um, the hatred, you know, like uh, Kulis Reinhardt getting death threats. And now, of course, we've we've got um, Wayne Barnes getting him as well. Yeah, just the, the instant transformation of the positive festival excitement to just negativity, toxic environment in the space of literally a week, uh, I found was just completely, uh, absolutely killed the whole tournament for me. I enjoyed it. It was still fun. I mean, the streams are amazing. I think the stream guys kept my excitement alive, honestly. So reviewer guys like you, man, you kept me well and truly into the tournament deals, you as well. But in terms of the rugby and stuff like that, man, just social media is toxic as all hell. It was bad. Um, and it was just so plain to see. That was, that was my positive and negative. We're literally the pool play to the finals, the knockout stages, just complete contrast. Um, and I, I, I hated it. Uh, my interest went from super excited. That weekend, the quarterfinal weekend was really fun. Don't get me wrong. But boy, after that, when you get to watch, so to be your pinnacle, your standout period, no. Nah. Um, it just just killed it. Absolutely killed it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. The pinnacle was actually the group, the group stage. And yep. um, and uh, one of the reasons why actually I keep off, I've, I guess I've given up on Twitter, to be honest with you. Um, and uh, I don't really mix much in um in facebook rugby either i do facebook purely for my um my wooden stables and stuff i don't really do it for 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 that so i've, I've kept kept off a lot of that stuff um i mean when you see some of the articles posted from post this final game worst ever refereeing or most uh, most mo- um, most inconsistent refereeing performance ever you're like oh for god's sake no i understand why they're giving them those titles because that's what gets the bloody clicks but it's just bullshit, and people who are writing that uh, and putting their names behind that, sure, they're like, oh, I don't write the title, I just write the article. It's your name on it, mate. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're getting paid for this. Uh, you've, you've chosen this contract to to write this way and tell that person to do that. So it's your name on it um, at the end of the day. Um, and, yeah, they're doing it. Sure, it's done because they've got to cut through all the noise and get that clicks, but it is just bullshit, absolute bullshit. Um, and there are a bunch of pundits as well who are like, oh well, I've got to be a shock jock basically because that's how I get my how I get paid. Well, fine, if that's how you want to get paid, then well, if you can look yourself in the mirror, um, then you, yeah, well done because you know, you shouldn't be able to um, with that kind of crap. So so there you go. Um, and, I, and and credit look to the All Blacks who have come out so to Foster to Sam Kane, the way they've responded and talked about Wayne Barnes, they haven't come out and gone. He lost us the World Cup. That's my one chance in a lifetime. No, they've come out and gone. Yep, it'll be with me for the rest of my life, but it was my mistake, or, or that's how the calls go. Um, there are problems, or, or even faster, there are problems with rugby. There wasn't problems with his calling of the game, right, is how he's put it. Yep. Um, so um, hat tip to them that they have stayed away from that um, and uh, and haven't fed the, um, fed the fire um, in the way that um, Razzie sometimes does on social media, for example. Um, so yeah, and sure, um, I mean, we, should, we will actually talk about some rugby at some point, or actually, some games. So, just very quickly, the England, um, Argentina game. Um, you were all about, um, uh, last week, you're all about how this game meant much more for Argentina. Um, and uh, I kind of bought into that, um, to a certain degree about the emotion, uh, how they're back in France, 
Um, being in France uh, five tournaments ago um, was what got me into the rugby championship by coming third in that tournament, um, beating France and so forth. Um, and uh, but I think this was an England side that uh, really wanted to put to put a, put the middle finger up at other people, going, um, "We're not as shit as you say we are." Um, <laughs> and there were a bunch of guys here who were signing off as well. I mean, Owen Farrell, this is, I'm pretty sure it's got to be Owen Farrell's last um, last rugby World Cup, and they really were. Uh, had had a gut full of being told they were crap um, and uh, and wanted to pay it back. Also, Argentina have only beaten England once in their last 10 games. And I think uh, we saw England grind it out and show you why. It's only been one in last one in 10. They might have played, they might have finished better. They might have played more rugby, but it's about winning the game, winning the scoreboard. It's not about winning what's on the pitch. You know, I think Owen Farrell will go through to the Lions tour. I think he's about 32, if I'm not mistaken. So, Getting through to 34, I don't think you'll quite do a six in and try to go through to 36. I think there's probably enough talent in England that'll probably slowly squeeze him out. Uh, the, the real concern is we're talking about Danny Key this morning. He wanted to get 100 test caps. He's got about four more to go. Uh, that, that's a worry. He should just retire and, and call it there. Uh, but <laughs> hey, um, yeah, uh, England did surprise me. I'll, I'll be honest. England did. I thought they had a bit more passion than I was expecting. They actually wanted. Remember four years ago, they took off their silver medals uh, losing yes. the final? Yep. Um, that's gone, uh, and good. Uh, gratefully to see it has gone because I, I, think, I think four years ago they actually thought they had a chance of winning it. Now, um, I, I think they thought they had a chance of being in the final too. Oh, this year, yeah, oh, they had a, an outside chance. There was actually last time I think they thought they had a chance of actually of, a real chance. One point, one point, one. The fact, the fact they got that close is amazing. But one Stephen Donald. That's all it was. <laughs> But yes, it was good to see them actually wanting to play. Um, and it's good to see them actually trying to play rugby. Although I do feel very sorry for Henry Arundel. Okay, that's all I'm going to say about him. Um, <laughs> what a night for him. Unbelievable. Gets subbed off as well. What are you, two touches? Uh, about two minutes where he got subbed off. I mean, they played a bit of rugby. Um, whether they wanted to play a bit of rugby or Argentina maybe made them play a little rugby because they were really wanting to toss the ball about. But it, it was a good match, arguably. Um, and most people... Uh, have said that I've seen this all as well. Better than the grand final as far as a spectacle of rugby goes because there was tries and attacking plays and there was a lot of big hits, man. There was some absolute huge hits in that game. Fun to watch. A lot more free-flowing, a lot more open, not so stop-starty. Uh, just, I think it was a, a solid game of rugby. Um, England in the first half did want to play their box kick game. You know, they, they kind of, as you'd expect, they would do. Um, but I think it was just a, it was a, a side, nice, solid game of rugby by two sides who wanted to play and wanted to win. Uh, and yeah, overall, I mean, I can't, I'm not going to criticize either of these two sides uh, because they played really well. Um, it's a sad day for Argentina as well. No, you know, Clevy um, departing, and I'd say Sanchez departing. Number of guys leaving that side as well that have been integral to their development from you know a, a tier two nation, you know, a decade ago now to being up there, a top 14. I mean, can't argue with that. They are a top 14 in the world. Uh, so, yeah, future's bright for Argentina, I think. And looking through that England side, I think they've got a good core to build on as well. So uh, a nice game of rugby. Mateo Caletas is an absolute <laughs> legend. I can't wait to see him play any sort of game of rugby again. Um, and we, we found a lot of cool, exciting things to look forward to in Argentinian and, to be honest, for the Northern Hemispheres, for English rugby as well. Um, 
a lot of young guys, you know, Theo Dan punching players and getting away with it has to be applauded um, to not be noticed. But no, uh, a great game. Young hooker uh, really stood out. A lot of young players, you know, Underhill hadn't played the whole tournament. Probably best, almost best player on the paddock, you know, really solidified that back row future for England as well. Um, just got to see them get some midfielders in the future. And they, you know, they could have a, a decent little side um, in that team. But uh, Marcus Smith, I, I have concerns about him. Um, you know, we, we criticize yes. the crap out of Damien McKenzie, right, for being too small. But he took his hits and he, he he battled on. But man, Marcus Smith gets brutalized, doesn't he? I feel sorry for him. He gets absolutely smoked. But I'll credit him. He gets up, bloody. I mean, he wears white, which is probably the half the problem. Um, but he gets up and he battles on. So he's he's a nuggety little character. Um, fun to watch. And, and yeah, you know, that was probably the most fun England game I've watched during this World Cup. They actually looked like they wanted to win and they wanted to play rugby and, and it kind of looked like they made they were, they were enjoying themselves, right? Um, a bit of pressure off, you know, they know they weren't going any further. Uh, they could actually go out and, and do the job. Yeah, no, that's a good question, Christopher. I asked this on the stream uh, a couple of, uh, at the final. Would you prefer to win a third place, third, fourth playoff bronze final or lose uh, the grand final? Go out winning or go out losing the big dance? You, you, you want to make it to the big dance. You want to, you, you, you want to, you want to give it a shot. You don't want to I have so, oh, yeah. if only if only we'd got that kick or if only we'd 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 uh, we hadn't give if, if only our scrum had held up one more time, we'd have we'd have had a shot at the all blacks. No, you want you want you don't want to go out, you, you wanna you wanna be in that final. Um now look, England, as you say, uh it's 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 down to those those Lucy's, your um underhills, your your um your um Earl and um and Curry, 14 turnovers to six. And that's kind of where and and get ahead on the scoreboard. That's where England kind of won this game. Um, in my opinion, was using scoreboard pressure and um, and not letting uh, Argentina put too many phases together um, to 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 use those really dangerous um, uh, those those dangerous backs. Um, absolutely. But we uh, we should really talk about the final at some point. So let's let's move on um, to. Uh, um, the All Blacks versus the um, the Springboks, and again scoreboard pressure here. Really, um, South Africa scored all their points in that first half. Um, all the points. I, I don't think I've ever seen a game where a team was won by penalty kicks. Um, so they they started four, um, and yet the All Blacks only gave up five penalties. Um, so um, which is. Uh, the, the All Blacks discipline, sure, they picked a red card and yellow card, but only five penalties. So your, your discipline here in this game actually was very, very good. Just when they got it wrong, they got it seriously wrong um, with in, in Sam Kane's um, uh, situation. Um, was he a bit, was, was it a bit harsh on him? Sure, but by the, by, by the, um, by, by the law and how it's ruled, um, that was what he had to, um, that, 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 that's why it was red. But I mean, yeah, discipline for, for a team that's had the most yellow cards during the tournament and whose discipline has been poor, they actually seen a fixed discipline here. Uh, it's just that those four of those kicks were kick four of those penalties were kickable in the first half, and um, that was enough to lose them the game, or enough to give, or at least enough to give South Africa the points to win the game. You know what you're missing though. You know what you, you've just completely gone straight over the top of it. And it was the absolute showing our how out of touch. And of course, you guys, know I'm going to bitch about this. How out of touch world rugby is. Of oh. that pre-match absolute monstrosity of garbage. 
What a terrible! Hey, that, okay, that concert was bad. But what I what I thought was really bad was the fact that Dan Carter brought the trophy out with some actor. I don't know. They they know who he is. Or she is, I should say, and not a woman like legendary women's rugby player. How have you missed a massive trick there? You've got a legendary yep. men's rugby player, Dan Carter. I don't care. French, New Zealand, English, don't matter what nationality is. A, a legendary um, rugby pl- men's rugby player, bring the trophy out with an iconic women's rugby player, an actor. It's, you're just out of touch, World Rugby. You're out of touch. Rugby fans don't give a crap about what movie was it? Oh, it was some movie. Um, they don't care. They don't care about some high-pitched singing um, looking man who doesn't know whether he's really man or not. Um, I mean, when the crowd is sitting next to him and they don't have their phones out recording it or even taking photos, to me, that screams of they don't care who the hell he is. Um, and I had no idea who he was either. Uh, it was just, it, it killed the crowd, right? A, a crowd well, that was no, okay. so, 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 to be honest, I didn't phone. bother with the, I didn't, I didn't bother with all the pre-match stuff. I don't. So um, I, I went down to my local rugby club and watched it and I arrived pretty much Basically, as the hack was happening, kind of as as kickoff. So um, I, I didn't bother with all that crap um, beforehand. You missed so, out. Um, so thankfully, I missed all that and had no idea. Um, so um, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, the concert belonged in the car park, yes. uh, not in the stadium. Fantastic, I like that. Um, but uh, so yeah, so I, I, I'll be honest, I, I can't comment on it because I've got no idea what, what the hell you're talking about. Um, I did see something, some talk about yeah, who's that person with Dan Carter? Kind of tweets and stuff and, and mentions, but whatever. Um, the um, so yeah, I say I, yeah, no comment really. And, uh, just, and a half time, and a half time, I, I I didn't listen to the Sky stuff. I was getting my um my 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 my, my um bacon and egg um sarni um from the barbecue at the uh, at the rugby club. So um so yeah, so people who were talking about the fact that the yeah, the, the Sky's half time stuff was crap, it probably was. But um, it's one of the reasons why I don't stick around for these bits. Full time was worse. I can tell you that much for free. Um, no, I just think I my rugby's out of touch. They're just out of touch, I reckon. They're just—they're hmm. not—they're not in, t- in tune with their audience, right? I mean, let's be honest. Okay, it's an elitist game. It's generally a a, a middle-aged sort of you know older sort of person game. I guess there's, there's young fans in there as well, but it just—it just didn't get the feel of the stadium. I don't know who you'd get. I, I didn't even know they're going to play a show there for the whole tournament, but it just felt out of touch. I just felt they missed yep. the opportunity to to display um, you know some iconic players. Um, yeah, you know, and, and bringing an actor out just doesn't only, give you any publicity. The only excuse, and it's not a big, big excuse either. Um, uh, Sophie Turner was it? Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know. Who's, okay. Um, no who idea. Cares if she was a Louis, Louis Vuitton ambassador. Um, she had anyway. a handbag. They make handbags. I don't know. She had a, yeah, they do make handbags um, and other <laughs> and other fashion apparel. Um, but um, the um, uh, the um, uh, where 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 um. um but the only was is that the the WXV or the the women's rugby international rugby is on at the moment, and most of the people, will be, most of the women's players or ex players, will be down oh, there commentating and stuff. But sorry, ex players, there's heaps of them. Um, there's, there's, right. They're commentating. They're media. They're all over the place. Uh, anyway, the game, yeah, the game. Uh, anyway, okay, so let's talk about Sam Kane because someone wants to. So because um, someone wants us to in the live chat. Um, look. Sam Kane was unlucky because the guy was dancing around. It was a, as a melee of players. He didn't know which way he was going. He turned. He, he runs. Uh, he suddenly is in front of Sam Kane. Sam Kane has to make a tackle. The thing is, um, if you're going to if you're going to drive forward in that situation when you're upright and you catch the guy in the head, you're going to be carded. What he needed to do was take and make a passive tackle where he wrapped him and fell backwards and went down rather than um, r- rather than going forwards and trying to make a 
um, uh, what's what I've got? What the, word, what the word is now? Where they make a tackle that goes back, uh, pushes the guy backwards. Um, anyway, yep. um, but you have to make a passive rather than aggressive tackle. Uh, he um, uh, he didn't, um, and uh, because they're not trained to, they're trained to make um, dominant hits. There we go. They're, they're, they're trained to make dominant tackles. Um, in that situation, a dominant tackle was going to be was 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 just dangerous uh, in the fact of likely to come up with a card. He needed to make a passive tackle, um, and um, uh, and he didn't. Um, Chris Chris uh, Edwards Bailey will New Zealand make Sam Kane walk through the country naked with people shout shame at him like the Game of Thrones? Um, look, no, I don't think New Zealand are upset with him. Right, he didn't make nah. it, it, it. wasn't a stupid decision. It's not like he he, he swung a punch at somebody, or he um, or he or he did a or he did a clothesline, takes on his head off. Um, it was uh, it, it wasn't a deliberate go high. He, he was caught unawares, um, and I don't think New Zealand. I don't think Kiwis are. Um, I say, look, I avoid social media, so maybe I'm wrong. Maybe everyone is 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 kicking off and saying he's he's the antichrist um, and should never come back to the country. Um, but to me. Um, I, I don't think he I, look. Yes, it was a red card, but he isn't culpable in in the same sense as, as other ones. Steve, no, no, I agree with you. No, he 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 got himself in an awkward position, didn't he, or a bad position because he got beaten. Um, he got beaten defensively, so he was actually behind, and you know the, the defense was coming up on him. So really, it's, it's easy to say in hindsight, right? But he was covered. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Right. Um, so he didn't need to really go and try to make a desperation tackle to, to try and stop it. But, yeah, I mean, you're right. It, it was head, shoulder, yeah, knees and toes. They were all involved. Um, the knees and toes weren't bending. They weren't flexing. So you're in trouble uh, straight away if those four things aren't in agreement. So, But the, the problem is, though, how many people are going, is it red or is it yellow? <laughs> that's, the big, that's the big thing to me is that – we should be able to, and I know I've harped on about this so much, but we should be able to decipher ourselves and saying, yeah, that's likely going to be a red. Um, and that that's that's the biggest problem. But, uh, but, um, I mean, but then, tackle. But then uh, yeah, I, I agree. And then later on in the game, you saw uh, in the 22, um, Chesney and Colby jump for a ball and stick his hand up and knock it on. It got called knock on. Um, and he took out, he took he hit, hit the player. Now, um, about eight, four to eight years ago, that's a red card. Because he's not in a um, position to justifiably win the ball, but we haven't stuck with that. Um, I say that, and that, that would have been he'd have been it would, it, well. It would have been it'd probably been a yellow card because the play didn't land in his head. But it would have definitely been a penalty. 
um, because he jumps up and puts his hands up here. He's got no, absolutely no way uh, that he's going to win that ball. All he's going to do is disrupt how the other person catches it. Um, and uh, But now we're not calling that anymore because mm -hmm. we've, we've let that rule slide. And it's like, because we're not getting, because people aren't getting tipped up in, in, in aerial contests anymore. But if we're not, yeah, that consistency just isn't there. You don't know from year to year what the laws are going to be. Um, and so it makes it very hard as a fan to know what's going on because mm. they change every year. And then even within a game, um, we, we we have basically the referee can do no right. Um, he got told off in this game for blowing too many things and also for missing things. And it's like, well, hang on. You either let the game flow and he misses lots of shit, which a lot of you apparently want, but you also want him to make every single call correctly. It's it's impossible, and the referee is in a is in a no win situation because World Rugby have just set it up so that he can't he, he cannot do either. He can't let it flow, and he can't because either way he tries to do something in the middle, and he and he pisses everyone off because he blows too often apparently because he doesn't, doesn't doesn't have a feel for the game, um, and uh, but also misses things and then makes mistakes. He admitted to Ardi Surveyor that he that um yep sorry Ardi having seen the close up slow mo um, replay. You did give, yeah, there was separation. Sorry, at, at real speed, not close up, but from where he was, it looked like Ardy hadn't given, given hadn't uh, released the player in the tackle. Um, those kind of things will happen. Uh, he's just calling it as he sees it. Um, and everyone's like, oh, he shouldn't be able to reverse his decision after seeing that. Well, no, that's the laws don't say that they're not allowed to do it. It's not like he's allowed to review every single thing on, on, on the big screen afterwards. The game would take three days. As we saw during a Lions test, once um, after after the referees um, got uh, got suitably, got got totally taken to the cleaners by video, the second that second Lions test took like an hour for the first half. Uh, it was it was nuts. Sorry, you may please go go ahead. No, uh, you're I'm, you're, I'm, you're on a rampage. You're on a rampage. I was just going to let you go there and uh, have a little rest. No, no, I agree with you. I mean, um, when we talk about the referee, yeah, uh, it's the, the laws of the problem. I do agree with well, we'll, we'll some and referee, yeah. Uh, what he said about the post match, I uh, know when he got his world player, the oh, spoiler. Um, he said about how that, yeah, it's always a post match anyway, about how it's it's the laws, um, it's the way they're deciphered. Uh, that's the sort of thing it is. It's, it's not really the referee, he's making the best decision he can, blah blah blah, which is kind of right, right? Um, I mean, you can't argue that Sam Kane's red card wasn't a red card, you may argue it was a little bit harsh that it should have only been a yellow, um. But, I mean, you can't argue that it wasn't a card, right? But you, you talk about yeah. the, the lifting player and stuff like that being saying they're not ruling on now. But what about putting him straight at the scrum? Yeah, I remember that was penalised in Super Rugby like three, four years ago. If it didn't go straight. No, no, remember they had <laughs> yeah, that season? Remember they had well, they about one season weeks. where they absolutely nailed it. If it wasn't dead eye straight, uh, it was a penalty. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that's what I mean. And then it's scrapped and it's gone. Uh, and then we had this big emphasis on high tackles. Then we had a big emphasis on the intentional knock-ons. Then we have the big emphasis on this and that. And then it goes away. Um, so, so, yeah, the, the laws of the problem, by trying to make it – by trying to cover up their tracks, they make it more complex by going around the backyard to cover up something else, you know. And that, that's the biggest problem. Uh, referees cop it. TMOs cop it. Uh, and, yeah, you, you're right. It's like, what do you do? Do you, do you miss everything let the game flow? Or, or do you blow every little tiny thing up uh, and uh, just completely make the game like NFL? You, you might as well put pads on and throw the ball forward there. We're just about uh, that way. But at the end of the day, I, I don't think the All Blacks can blame referees. And I, I think anyone who no. is blaming them for that loss 
should should take a little look in the mirror because they had plenty of chances to win that game. Absolutely. Look, it's one point game. Um, if Richie Moanga kicks a conversion, if Jordy Barrett gets that penalty over, the All Blacks win. Right, mm-hmm. simple as that. Um, the 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 Springboks weren't scoring a hatload more co- more points. As I've just pointed out, there were only five penalties, and all their points came from four of those. Right, <laughs> there wasn't much more opportunity for the for the for the sure. I mean, we had um, Colby knocking on over the line, um, so they did have opportunities themselves, but not. Uh, but I think the, the All Blacks had more. Uh, as you say, I mean, um, Aaron Smith's had a try that was disallowed as well. Um, so look, the um, uh, from, from, from that point of view. Um, one of the things I did find interesting, 19 turnovers to nine didn't help the All Blacks. Again, losing that that, uh, that breakdown battle um, is, uh, is, is is always going to hurt you. Um, but um, they did a very good job at handling again uh, with, um, uh, sorry, with disrupting the, uh, um, the, the Springboks line out who lost four out of their 10. Yes. Um, but after not giving up a single scrum, against Ireland, was it? Um, uh, the All Blacks. The, the South Africa had 11 scrums in this game. It's like, wow. Okay, handling certainly uh, wasn't uh, uh, up to the level it was during that um, during that quarterfinal. Um, so some things were going wrong. Also, what I found interesting here was the kick length. When England were playing South Africa, pretty much all of their kicks were um, contestable. When if you look at some way that uh, the All Blacks are playing, they're kicking about five to ten meters further, uh, about, about five meters further, so that the player basically hits man and ball. They're not trying to do contestable kicks. They're trying to get. They're trying to tackle the guy as he just after he's kept, just after he's caught it um, to set up a ruck, um, uh, which is a different tactic, a different way of going about it. England showed you South Africa have got short wingers. You should be doing contestable kicks. The All Blacks, I think, missed a trick there. Because their kicks were that the number of times the man was was hit man and ball was very good, and you could tell that was their tactic. I think they perhaps was a mistake um, there. But where at the end of the day, as, we, as we've already said, they had the opportunities to win this game, they just didn't take them. I mean, that where did the chip kick goes go? Chipped kicks go as well, which they predominantly use very, very, very frequently throughout. Pool stages, quarterfinals, semifinals as well, just to break up that space between defensive line and, and the back three covering for long kicks as well. Just kind of puts them in two minds, whether to go deep or whether to go shallow, uh, and just adjust their lines as well. We didn't see – did we see – oh, no, we did see Adi Savir almost scored off one close to the line, but very, yep. very few of them compared to what we normally did. I mean, moments, eh? The game is moments, right? That, if that bounce of the ball went the other way, uh, we'd have seen a very, very different sort of game. But I think both of these two teams were very – extremely reluctant to play in their own half. And you didn't notice the closer you were at T22, the further those box kicks went. So um, that was, you know, contestable kicks went out the window if you were five metres out from your 22. It was just get as much length as you could and um, and smack along. I think what really interested me is that the, the All Blacks forwards, I thought, in a set piece uh, time, was very good. Yeah, you know, like you yeah. said, they turned over a lot of line out, which was very surprising. I think Ibn Sabeth had a probably his worst game in the World Cup. Mostert was pretty much almost invisible. Um, the scrums, you know, Inche comes on, um, Indikani come on, <laughs> Mighty Williams and uh, Nipolalala come on, and it's like, hang on, the All Blacks are still pushing at the scrum. Uh, this this isn't part of the script, you know, what's going on here? This is what's <laughs> supposed to happen, especially after England, where Inche and um. It wasn't any Carney in that instance. It was uh, Vincent Koss come on, and they were yep. phenomenal. 
didn't have oh, the same they, impact they, at all. That won that won that game. Exactly, that yes. Scrum penalties won was, that game. Yeah. Massive difference, right? When those guys come on, the scrum transformed. Uh, I think when the All Blacks replacement scrum on, they actually improved their scrum, which is saying something for uh, Nepo and Tamati Williams, who, who really I wouldn't have, you know, young and average, I would have considered those two. Uh, so really good for them uh, to come on and actually put that pressure on some very, very good established uh, front row options uh, for the Springboks. So, yeah, a lot of positives to take from that game, right? You look forward. Um, but, yeah, two kicks, two chances, man. Two chances to win that game uh, that they could have had, they could have taken. It would have changed it drastically. I don't think the Springboks were scoring any points that second 40 minutes. They looked so defensive and so out of kind of attacking ideas uh, that they weren't going anywhere near that all-black trial line. But, hey, they, they shut it out. They shut it down. They played defensively very well. Peter Steph Toy was phenomenal. Uh, and they, hey, they took their chances, right? They know how to win with one point lead. If anyone knows how to win with one point lead, it's South Africa. <laughs> how this phenomenal quarter final, semi final, final one yep. point that that's extraordinary. It is amazing. Um, they're, 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 yeah, the team just, just South Africans clearly have no heart because <laughs> mine would have just fallen <laughs> out my ass by that stage. It's just no, no chance. Um, Alternatives. All Blacks actually edged South Africa. Only the defence and the penalties won this game for them. No, I disagree. The team. I, dis- I think they're the better team. Yeah, but there wasn't defence or penalties won South Africa's game. What what won this? What won South Africa's game was the All Blacks couldn't kick. The All Blacks kicked fifty percent. South Africa kicked hundred percent at posts. And the story: oh, okay. if, you, if you don't kick at posts, if you can't kick your goals, you lose the game. And we've seen South African sides before <laughs> um, go without go go with someone who can't kick and lose games. They should have won. And be, be the better team. And here it is. Those two kicks, you say, um, that's the difference here. It's, it's 50% kicking, 100% kicking. Which is why so, Pollard's playing rather than Lebok. At the end of the day. Yeah, stop my point there. I was about to say, what happens if Manny Lebok played that first half an hour? Yep. Well, then it's hard to lose. Put bluntly. Yeah. I mean, three, three of the penalties were in that first half hour. I mean, th- yeah. Exactly, yeah. Um, there was a very, so, very, very, very um, integral part towards their win, that, that opening period where they went out to that uh, quite comfortable lead. And the All Blacks threw away penalties too, right? They kicked to the touch a few times, uh, looking yeah. for the, the, the five yeah, pointers. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't think that was a good idea. It was a bad idea. Mm. Uh, against what is a very strong a very strong South African pack, why, yeah, take the three. But take the three. The big positive from this whole game was that the rugby gods stopped the rain. And I thought, that's an omen. That we've got an omen from the rugby gods. The rain is not falling. It's going to let us have a not dry, but at least not falling rain match. Uh, we should have if we keep the ball off the grass, you know, the old dew and slippery, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, it wasn't pouring with rain. It was raining when they did the anthems at the start. It stopped. And as soon as the match ended, it started, ended, it started raining. I mean, if you're religious or not, I mean, the rugby gods are real. <laughs> Heard it here first. So 11 knock-ons. For crying out for, by the All Blacks. Oh, the 11, grass is still wet. They didn't get the hair dries out. Anyway, Should've. let's quickly, we need to knock off the, um, the so that's, that's the end of the Rugby World Cup. Oh, um, a couple of stats, basically, but um, well done Three to Jordan show. being the, um, uh, the the top try scorer um, with uh, with eight tries. But boy, oh boy, he had a crappy final. Um, for one of his, his worst game in years. Uh, his handling wasn't good. He only had one. Only, he was the worst, fewest runs and fewest run meters by all the backs. Um, poor, poor game for him. Um, you pick out any player that actually had a good game. Who had a good game? Oh, Peter like, Steffen-Toy. Uh, uh, and? 
You're 30 <laughs> men. Okay, you got no, you got more, Matt. You got 40, 46 men. Who had but, a um, good game? The toy. I think Talia had a decent game, uh, but um, maybe my expectations are lower than they should be for him. Um, but um, <laughs> that's, no, that's, that's just my, my bad, really, in all honesty. Um, I would like to point out, though, actually, that um, so uh, who, who do you think was um, South, Af- South Africa's um, um, top try scorer? <sighs> Jeez. They probably only scored about four. Um, yep. I would say it's a no, top score was uh, Corbus Reinach, um, uh, who oh, wasn't yes. in, who wasn't it wasn't in their final twenty-three. Um, their next highest, the next the next highest one was um, Mapimpi with three tries, not in their match day twenty-three for the final. Yes. <laughs> Romania again though. Um, their best, they're, they're, so they have uh, so Aaron Serfari, Colby, Larue, Williams, again. Um, two of those were not in the match day twenty three either. Um, actually, one maybe actually. Sorry, the Dion three was it was wasn't was, wasn't. Yes. Um, so actually, yeah. So four of those were, um, but they've all got two tries each. Um, and actually, wasn't. Um, um, so yes. So um, so uh, yeah. So interesting there that yeah they they they, they weren't high scoring in this in this in this tournament. Let's be um, let's let's be blunt. Um, top conversions. Um, Ramos with twenty one. Um, top penalty goals, Owen Farrell with 14. Uh, Buffelli next with 13. Top drop goals, uh, George Ford with three and Owen Farrell with two. And the top point scorer of the tournament, oh, Owen Farrell, Farrell yeah, we know. with 75 points. One more than Thomas Ramos with And who picked points. Thomas Ramos in their fantasy as being the two leading point scorer of the tournament? <laughs> I know. Oh, dear. Hey, can we put some hate on uh, Sky Sport while we're here since we're just putting, you know, a, a bit of killer on everyone? Dion Freddy come on in the third minute, right? Uh, Bongi Manami got that, you know, that injury uh, from Frizzell falling in that ruck when he, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but the commentary team, now commentary team, expert commentary team, Nisbet and was it Muliaina or who else it was talking, going on how much of a hard grind it's going to be for Dion Freddy to play 77 minutes at hooker. For South Africa, this is going to really hurt the Springboks having to have this guy play 77 minutes. Do they not watch the other games? Mbanambi played 80 minutes start to finish in the semi final, he played start to finish in the quarter final because Faree come on in the back row in both of those finals matches and possibly even in the group stage. They don't look that far back. These are professionals, it's your damn job. I know that, not just some loser sitting at home watching it on TV or the computer screen. I mean that pisses me off, honestly. Like, it, I mean that's just one thing that that I've noticed. Uh, the more sharp-eyed would notice more, but it's just stupid stuff like that. It's not a big deal. These guys play eighty minutes. They have hookers that can play eighty minutes. They have halfbacks that can play eighty minutes. It's not a big deal to play eighty minutes anymore in those high contact or high movement area positions anymore. True. I, I guess my my my, cons- my my thought was that he's not a he's not a full time hooker. He's not a full time hooker. He's a part time hooker, um, and that this was going to be a real problem. And this this could be a problem for them in that in that sense. And perhaps that showed it on on their their lineout stats, which we talked about how they um, how they performed poorly there. So maybe they didn't get the platform they would normally do from that with a first with a, a full time throw a full time lineout thrower. Um, maybe that, maybe that did hurt them. Uh, that was fitness um, wise though. Fitness playing eight fitness, minutes. Fitness, staying oh on. yeah, fitness wise fine. I wasn't, yes. yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't concerned fitness-wise. I was, I was, I was thinking skill-wise as to what do they, what, what, what they're going to lose. Um, now, as you, as we've already said, at scrum time, who cares? Because you're just thrown into the back of the scrum anyway. Yeah. Um, Straight on the locks. So, um, so yeah. Um, so uh, 
Israel Dagler. <laughs> he was literally, he was in tears at the end. I mean, I, I look, the, the whole crying thing, right? It's all, all well and nice and passionate, whatever. Players, I can understand. Fans of the game that are about their team, you're in the atmosphere, right? I understand fully. Some ex-player sitting in a, a studio billions of miles away, I mean, come on. You're supposed to be professionals. You're the cutback for when all else fails, right, to go back to these guys or the professionals. He, he was biased as, as the night is black. Um, you know, what does Sky want from their punditry, right? Do they, do they want uh, good analysis and things like that? I just thought over the, no. the whole finals period, he was pretty pretty poor. Um, and no. just that, Even Angus Talvel was – was Angus Talvel? Uh, no, it wasn't Tal. It was a Talvel, the other guy. I can't remember. It was well, a prop anyway. He was a bit more reasonable and, um, you know, solid. So, you know, he kept about it and tried to talk as best as he could. But as a prop, he didn't have much great conversation. But, yeah, uh, Dag was just a shocker. Absolute shocker. Yeah, terrible presenter. I agree. Um, yeah, he's a shocker. Uh, they, Put him in the bin. They, they, they want, Thank you. They want names who the who, who your general public recognize. That's the, the problem. Um and remember, Israel Dag was part of the um, was it Air New Zealand um, uh, adverts ahead of the last Rugby World Cup. He didn't get selected for the squad, uh, which was, <laughs> um, and he was kind of like, he was Justice. highlighted as being one of the two main players. Um, so yeah, look, he's always been loved by uh, from the media point of view. He likes getting he likes being on camera. He likes talking. Um, Don't even but, start us on Wheeler. Oh. Oh yeah, but he's well. Well, yeah, but we don't. Yeah, we, we like racist jokes, though, don't we? In New Zealand, that's why. Um, oh, ouch! <laughs> well, it's his his joke about the 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 um the Japanese player. Remember? No. What is this from years ago? No, no. This was, this was on camera as a pundit, um, pretending pretending to talk in in a in um in a Japanese accent, um about um. I've gone blank now. As to the the Japanese internationally played played for and the Highlanders. Uh, 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 Tanaka. Yeah, Tanaka. Tanaka. I, yeah, yep. making uh, making make, making out yeah yeah jokes about that that weren't uh, that. Um, now look, I think they're mates, and I think uh, amongst themselves it probably was funny. It's not the kind of thing you say on TV. And dancing on a, t- um, a, t- a table. So yeah, um, the uh, but, but look, if you're going to get lads who are, who if, if, if basically Sky's thing is get lads on um, to. Um, um, to, to 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 do um, uh, to to be laddie, and they'll be laddie. Um, mm-hmm. Now, as something, um, the Japanese player uh, is his friend, um, uh, but for for Joe, um, yeah, absolutely. Look, I, I don't think he, I don't think he is actually uh, racist in that kind of way. Um, and I think I say it's the sort of thing that will be funny amongst friends um, mm. behind closed doors. It's not the kind of thing that's funny um, on yep. TV. Um, uh, there, and I don't think he no meant it in the context, way. do they? Like, so, yeah, but there was no context. Don't know. He, he was, yeah, I say, in that, it, it, I, sorry, I, I, I think, look, it would have been funny amongst themselves behind closed doors. In that situation, it wasn't. Um, and uh, yeah, I say, I don't believe he was being, he was being nasty to, to the guy. Uh, I think it was, um, it was a, uh, a joke between them. But, you, but that's not what we're asking for, for pundits. We're asking for insight. We're not asking for, 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 for laddie in jokes. Um, yep. Agreed. Well, I'm not anyway. Um, anyway, World Rugby Awards. Um, because we've run <laughs> over and we should we should we should touch on this. Um congrats. It's a three hour show, isn't it? <laughs> it can be, I guess. Um <laughs> I need more whiskey before that though. I'm almost out. 
Uh, did Dylan, uh, anyone notice Sky didn't have any international pundits in the show in the studio? Yeah, that's because they do it from New Zealand. They don't they don't go over to France anymore. And really? um, they didn't have any, did they? At they all? didn't have any. Yeah. Um, no. uh, and, and there are no there are no international pundits here in New Zealand to do it. I'm not going to fly them over here. That's, that's that costs money um, that they don't have at the end of the day. Um, so no, they're not going to. Um, yeah, but currently Sky is a penny pinching sports broadcasting organisation. Absolutely, it is. Uh, and uh, and 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 they are um, unfortunately catering for the lowest common denominator. Um, uh, on um, on the one well, no, look, that's that, that's if you, if you're going for lavish behaviour, well, that's that's what you're trying to go for, right? Um, mm. Which is what they're trying to do with players like Wheeler. They got the bants. They want the bants on TV. Sorry, but no, the bounce is no. for the it's for the club rooms. It's not for the TV. Um, World Player of the Year awards. Oh, why again? Um, it's not just an easy. I mean, Haskell, I think, is a, is an atrocious com, um, um, pundit. Uh, I just hate that kind of the the yeah the the bounce. Um, Lord of Bantonville. Like, oh, for fuck's sake! It works really good in a, a podcast, right? And a lot of those guys do do podcasts, it and it works well on that because you are kind of just just chatting the chewing the crap as they say with mates right and that, that's the kind of atmosphere that sort of talking is is re- really works well i know like like paul george does one with uh with the nba uh podcast p if you haven't seen it and you're an nba fan it's a phenomenal podcast but if he was on tv talking to these guys like this it would be shocking uh but he's just talking about experience and so like it's the same thing you know these rugby guys and podcasts talking about experience stuff like that on tv there's, when you're there's, there's broadcasting a between, game, it's bad the difference between interviews Yes, exactly. Um, and, saying, yeah. uh, and 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 punditry for a game, right? Yep. For an interview, you can do that potentially for for a, for a long form interview. For a short yep. form interview after a game, no, it's not about bounce. Uh, which again is why some of um, um, Sonny Bill Williams stuff comes across <laughs> as being as, as kind of like, mate, you're so you, you're getting paid, but you, you're not professional. <laughs> this is it's so obvious. He just it's just this is just uh, that he's not is professional. He get sacked, like, you reckon? I don't know whether he went. Well, look, it's, again, it's part. It's part of the bounce. It's part of the uh, we're, we're human. Part of the humanizing the players block kind of thing. Uh, sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Uh, not all of his stuff is bad. Some of it's okay, um, but some of it is just like it's it's, it's, it's yeah, mate. You've, uh, yeah, I agree. You're a professional player. You put a lot of effort into being a professional player. You're very very good. You need to put the same effort into being a presenter as well to be good at it. It's a different skill set. Yeah. Get on to the World <sighs> Rugby Awards. Come on. <laughs> I keep trying. Um, congratulations, Dolly Surveyor. Other nominees, Bundyaki, um, Anton Dupont, um, Evan Etzbeth. Um, look, Etzbeth has had, a, has had a really good season for, um, uh, for South Africa. Um, Bundyaki, one of the players of the tournament for the Rugby mm-hmm. World Cup, I think. Um, so, uh, and some other there. Dupont, well, he's always there because he's just very good. But... Um, didn't kind of click and it doesn't help having your face smashed in um, halfway through a tournament um, and not having your normal outside back there. Uh, so I understand why he struggled a bit or, or we've talked relative speaking here. Okay. He's still very good. Um, just wasn't superstar good um, like he normally is um, there. So um, yeah, um, the, uh, I guess over a season, probably one of the better players actually. Yeah. I mean, it's, he's always a high standard. Um, I don't have any um, anyone else who can I can think really who, who else anyone you think should have uh, should have been on that list? No, nah, I mean we talked about this. I'm pretty sure, didn't we, a couple of weeks ago? Um, someone quizzed us on stream about this, and 
yeah, no, they, they were three of my picks. Uh, I kind of went with Khaleesi over... Um, no, I did go with Itzabeth. Though you you took me into Khaleesi, didn't you? You saw Khaleesi being captain I, and I, his resurgence. Well, no, I, I, I said player, player of the tournament would be Khaleesi. Yeah, that's right. That's right, you're right. Player of the tournament, player of the um, year. It's slightly different. The, Salvia, look, consistency-wise, he missed like one game against Uruguay, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, you're maybe Namibia. Might have been Namibia he missed out on. So he played every single game of the whole year, World Cup, um, Rugby Championship, all through the whole thing. That number eight jersey, literally, you probably, they would have had to get the heat gun out and the scraper to get it off his back. You know, it was that that peeled on there. Um, so, yeah, only player I'll probably consider him closer to, closest to would be Bundy Aki. But that's on his World Cup performances. Not seeing enough of him domestically or Six Nations-wise, but he, he seemed to be fantastic through there as well, looking at highlights that I've seen. Yeah, it's, it's only, only international games count. Domestic stuff doesn't. So, But, but yeah, again. It's, oh, it, it doesn't. It's, Even though uh, it's but, of the year. I'm pretty sure this okay. is yeah, but of, the, yeah, of the international rugby of the year. Right. But he's the only one I'll put close. It's uh, a was good. Uh, pitches and patches, but again, South Africa, and this is the problem with fantasy when you're picking a team as well. South Africa didn't play consistently, guys, for 60 minutes, especially in the forwards. You know, you get 40, 45, 50 max, uh, and then you're throwing your back on the bench, right? So you don't get a chance to really dominate a whole fixture. Uh, yeah, DuPont's injury hurt him. Uh, great up till the World Cup. Yeah, losing into Mac was huge. Didn't have the impact he would have liked. Didn't have the finish. I thought the World Cup winner would have had an impact on who would actually pick up the award. Uh, but um, no, Savia took it, rightfully so. I think that's fair. Uh, yeah, Aki second, it's a bit third to Pond fourth for me. Yeah, looking back over this, so um, Van der Fleer, um, before that, nah. Pond before that, um, Steph Peters left a toy. Um, so look, we've had three back rows in the past four years. Before it, before that, it, then we then had our um, our uh, uh, fly half domination of Sexton, Barrett, Barrett, Carter, Retallick, Reed, the only other number eight ever to get it, Carter again. Um, Dissertoir, uh, Richard McCaw, Richard McCaw, Shane Williams. So over the over this the the, the um, where this has been this has been won seven times it's been won by a flanker or a fly half, two times by number eight. So um, nine nine times by back rowers, whereas scrum halves twice, wings twice, lock and hooker once. Um, so um, at least, um, no um, no fullbacks have ever won uh, World Player of the Year. Um, the uh, for, for for that one, um, so uh, yeah, interesting that uh, yeah, that uh, sort of the back rowers there have won it um nine times out of uh, however many it is, but um, it's yeah, the kind of it, it's uh, oh, actually, that's a good point, yeah, a prop has never won it either. We had one hooker, um, uh, the very, very Keith first Wood. one, which was Keith Wood, yep, yes, knowledge back in um, 2001, um, but no prop has ever won world player of the year, interesting. So Marcy Williams will win it. Well, on to um, Breakthrough Player of the Year, won by Mark Talia. And as I've been saying, he's been uh, outperforming what I think he's he should. Um, I, I was all for Leicester Fahunuku playing, but boy, oh boy, Mark Talia has shown us why uh, he is uh, uh, he, he's ahead of him in the last uh, last couple of games. Um, oh, actually, for, for, for this Rugby World Cup, he's played very, very well. Um, mm-hmm. um, Louis Belly um, Berry of France, Marnie Leboc and Tamaiti Williams were the uh, runners up in that one or the nominees. Um, so yeah, I'm happy with that one again. Um, I guess there's again, look, this is tier one players or tier one ta- tier one awards. Really, let's be honest. Um, there are, as you yeah. say, a number of players from the tier two who could have been uh, could have been in there, um, and it doesn't and and it's going to scream out that in the next award 
Um, unless you've got something to say about uh, breakthrough player, coach of the year. Uh, nah. Yeah, coach of the year. Twenty Williams was never going to win that award, was he? Ever? God no. I think that was between Talier and Lubbock for me. And look, and Twenty and Williams isn't a first, isn't 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 a starter, exactly. whereas um, Talier is. And neither was Barry Barry either. He wasn't a starter until, for some reason, he he, he pinched out over Valier in the second game of the World Cup, where Valier started versus the All Blacks. And then I don't know if he got a niggly injury or he just got swapped out for a, a minute game. He impressed. He stayed in and he stayed in for the rest of the tournament. Credit to him. Yep. Hold on. Um, so, yeah, World Cup for the year. Uh, Andy Farrell, look, I mean, he's been going well with Ireland over the last few years. So you can um, uh, you can you can get that, especially as um, Wayne Smith um, got it last year. Um, obviously, for his um, for what he did with the um, the Blackfern, so you can understand why they want to show Farrell some love for what he's done over the last sort of three or four years with with Ireland. Before that, Simon Middleton for um, England's win won it. Razzie back in 2019, there was no one in 2020 who got it. So you can understand why they've given Farrell it as so kind of like, well, we should have given it to you last year when you won in when you won down under uh, in New Zealand. Um, but um, uh, Ian Foster, Jacques Neymar, um, and um, Simon. Ray Ray Willie, um, sorry about the, the uh, butchering of the name there. The Fijian head coach um, is with other nominees. <sighs> I mean, Ian Foster and Neymar both made the final, but um, coach of the year, uh, uh, it's a bit. Um, yeah, I, I say the Portuguese head coach um, mm -hmm. could have been in there. Uh, the um, and so, yeah, but I'm not sure about the nominees there, but I understand why they call with Danny Farrell. Uh, it was the easy option, wasn't it? It was the easy, yep. easy decision, easy option. I mean, yeah. It's easy to look over the World Cup and, and the impact. You know, you, you look at Fiji and the way that they've played and, and what they accomplished. And I think, uh, I, looking at this this morning, did Ireland accomplish what they set out to accomplish, what their goals were? I would say no. Um, yes, very good over the last few years. Number one, you know, 17 games in a row, six nations, uh, everything in the wire, uh, everything they wanted throughout that period. But World Cup wise, I think they failed. I think if Ireland, honestly, as much, you know, no disrespect to Ireland whatsoever, but they failed in their task. This was the best team they've ever had. World number one, again, 17 games, unbeaten. Can't get past the quarterfinal. Is that oh, a success? Like, no. I think Andy Farrell's winning this for what they did last year, not what they did this year. It's not last well coach of last year, is it? No, no, I, I agree with that. <laughs> but I think that's why they've given it to him. They've gone, look, he won a tour with Ireland down in, in New Zealand the first time ever. and Yes, big deal, last the, um, year. Yeah, but that's why I think they've given it to him. Um, I don't think he deserves it. Uh, yeah, to me, you say, this Fiji, year, uh, Fijian coach, Portugal second. Um, don't care about the rest. Yeah, I, I, I love I, that board uh, guy. He's fantastic. Did you see his post-match <laughs> interviews? Did you see his post-match interviews? Uh, no, all? I didn't. No. Oh, he is truth. Truth. He spits truth. But I, I agree with you on on um, uh, on, uh, on on the Virginia head coach getting it for that personally. Um, so yeah, with you, with you yes, there. Him. Um, Lacus quit. What they've done. Uh, that's the Portuguese one, not the uh, Fijian one. Um, but um, but that's why they um. Patrice. Okay, that's, that's why they gave it to Andy Farrell because last year they had to, had to give it to Wayne Barnes because of the uh, the Black Ferns turnaround. Um, You're well done, Ireland. Let's move on. Yep. Uh, Men's try of the year. Um, Duhan van der Merwe against uh, Scotland against England. 
that hurts. Um, <laughs> oh, I just hurt. Oh, no, look, great try. It just hurts to see England giving up try, giving up tries like that. Um, like a Japan try of the year wasn't even listed. Um, then for now for um, for France Outrage. versus Ireland, Hugo Keegan Keenan for Ireland versus France, and then um, Bayana uh, Habosi for Fiji versus Georgia. That was um, all right. That try. Yep. Storty, yeah, Storty was good too. I mean, it, it, it screams of just shitting all over the tier two nations, wasn't it? Like that fucker Trava try was just like, no, no, no second row slash back row player should be allowed, let alone capable of doing that. Uh, Vandermeer oh, was trying good. The way he the way he steps before he catches the ball is fantastic. I mean, there's thinking of the rather than most players, they catch the ball and then think, what am I going to do? Yeah, he's already thought that. He's 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 he's, he's two or three moves ahead. Um, it's it's fun. yeah, fantastic play. Storty as well, uh, outstanding player. Beats beats defenders for fun. Uh, um, nomination at least. Come on, G- give Fakatava, uh, give uh, give Storty a nomination. Uh, Nuashvili as well scored some fantastic tries for Georgia. Uh, I'm going to be critical of the tier one bias. Uh, Vandermeer's yep. try was phenomenal. Yeah, give it a winner, but give these guys at least a nomination. Agreed. Um, Women's World Seventh Player of the Year, Tyler Nathan Wong, um, yeah. um, Michaela Blyde, Madison Levy, um, Rapini um, Ulunasio. Um, um, again, sorry for butchering the uh, Fijian lady's name there. Um, no, I, I can't comment. Don't watch. Um, don't watch any sevens. Um, men's or women's. Uh, men's Seventh Player of the Year, Rodrigo Isgoro, um, um, Leroy Car- Carter. Uh, Marcus Montea and um, Akiuli uh, Rocalicio um, are the um, are the uh, the nominees. Again, there's two New Zealand players there who I've never even heard of um, because I don't watch them. Um, and who plays for Argentina now? Who's who's progressed and transitioned into that 15 role? It's Grow, the winner. Oh, sorry. Yes, thank you. <laughs> but um, yeah, the other, it's, uh, so. But um, the uh, dream team of the year. And I know you've got a lot of uh, you've uh, you've got a lot of comments here that this is basically the uh, the tier one dream team um, of yep. the year because um, basically there are only four teams uh, even uh, listed here: um, Bale, um, Sheenan, uh, Furlong is the front row with Beth and uh, Scott Barrett in the um, locks. Um, Doris, Olivon, and Sevilla are the uh, Lucys. Dupont at nine, Moanga at ten. In your centres, Aki and Ringrose, with um, Jordan, uh, Pano, uh, and Ramos are your back three. As you pointed out in your live stream this morning, that's three number eights in that back three in that loose trio. Uh, that's not very clever, is it? Um, how about we actually have a six in uh, six and a seven at seven, um, or at least an open uh, sorry, or a blind side and an open side because obviously South Africa um, like to uh, change their numbers for some reason because they just can't count. Um, but um, so yeah, uh, one South African in there who are the world champions, um, mm-hmm. which is uh, which is interesting, uh, and only team players from the top four teams. Um, so apparently, if you play for anyone but the top four, you're not very good. At the end of the day, so um, yeah, look the the bias, as you say, of looking at just top of just tier one and the top and the top games um, on that one uh, is um, is there. Um, Dylan goes, I'm annoyed how they snub World Cup winners in dream teams, not just world rugby's. Um, 
Honestly, again, I wouldn't have many more South Africans in there myself, personally. Like I said before, they just don't they don't play consistently enough or the, the sort of game plan to stand out bar the, the forward pack. Uh, and, and then they rotate an, enough, you know? Like the, the reason I think Ireland has so many players and, and France probably for that matter as well is because they've pretty much played every single game. Um, whereas, you know, it's the best probably played, you know, 40, 45 minutes per game sort of thing. But uh, I mean, to me, Cyril Bailly was injured at the start of the World Cup. Uh, missed the first couple of games. Uh, didn't even play until the, the very end of it. So probably only two or three games. I oh, know Six Nations, whatever, but I'm just looking at the World Cup. Who cares about Six <laughs> Nations? Uh, Dan Sheehan, same thing. He missed the first couple of games. Uh, for a long, okay, but did he really stand out? I mean, look at Malvaka, France. Okay, it's a tier one nation. Malvaka was phenomenal. One of the best hookers. Him and M- Malolo from Samoa, best hookers in the World Cup. Uh, standouts, outstanding. Uh, they're, they're my top two. Uh, ben, ben Tamiya Funa. Tagi from Fiji, uh, Gallo uh, from um, Argentina. There's just a number of front rowers that can easily uh, fill in those voids. Um, and your second row, probably not so much. Back row definitely had a lot. Ben Earl, Courtney Laws, Martins. Yep. Um, back row had um, a whole pile of players in that forward pack. Be recently biased because Peter Toy only, uh, really only stood up at the in the final. He didn't. He hasn't had a good year, but he had a fantastic final. Um, yes, <laughs> but, um, there. Um, but yeah, you're right. Ben Earl, um, as you ben say, phenomenal. Has been um, has, has, has been has, has been amazing. But you can hardly he's number eight now. Okay, admittedly they put three eights in there, but you can hardly re- you can hardly have him replace um, the World Player of the Year in Oli Surveyor. So um, so you can understand why Ben Earl misses out. I just can't understand why Doris and Olivon get included. Two other eights. Just get rid of Kalen Doris, who was literally trash, especially against the All Blacks. Probably the worst player in a green jersey. Tajir, a phenomenal Portuguese player as well. I mean, there's there's a stack, especially at hooker, real standouts. But like so many players were absolute standout favorites. I mean, what about Ty Byrne? What did he do wrong throughout the tournament? McFarlane from Samoa, uh Tagu from Fiji was was brilliant as well. Botia, uh Adeo. The Uruguayan back rower, who's I'm pretty sure signed for the new Miami franchise in the MLR. A number of guys uh, that could fill those six and seven spots, especially uh, if they don't want to go up those three eights. It just uh, it just screams of like you know who's the biggest name, right? Uh, that that's the biggest problem I've yep. got for that. And and I understand in Jordan and Puno, the top two try scorers of the of the um yep. of the World Cups. You're going to understand why they're they're there, and Ramos is a massive part of of that. Um, of that team at fullback as well for France. I understand those ones. Um, Gary Ringrose, did he do much at 13? But then again, nope. did anybody for that point of view? Nope. Um, 13 has been a partic- hasn't been a particularly standout position this oh, year. You can pick three number eights. Why can't you pick two 12s? Well, true. Exactly. Owen Farrell could go there. Um, as a tenant. <laughs> a- <laughs> I think, oh no, honestly, number 10s. Who stood out as a 10? Farrell? I mean, Ford for the first two games? But... Apart from Farrell, did any other teams really, really tear this competition apart? I don't think so. I Honestly, I, I would give it to Farrell. Sure, his, his team played a boring brand, but he was the linchpin of that boring brand of rugby, scored all their points, directed the team around with his tactical kicking. He yep. was instrumental. I, I would have him as my 10. I'd have Aaron Smith as my 9, um, but uh, as a 10. But, I mean, again, a number of key players. Arata, uh, phenomenal as well. Uh the Portuguese guy, Marquez, brilliant guy uh, as well, phenomenal player. So Kuravoli for Fiji, why he didn't play more minutes, I don't know. Instrumental against Australia to play. So, again, 
Um, easy to just go. Ah, oh, the best performing top tier nine ten combo was Smith and Mawanga. I don't think Mawanga was the best number ten, and I think a lot of number tens were pretty average. Um, then a bunch of awards that, and honestly, um, distinguished award. Well done, um, uh, George Naradesi for Georgia. Uh, International Rugby Players Special Merit Award to John Smith. Okay, um, whatever. Uh, yes, he got a bunch of test caps, but he's decades ago now, it feels like. Um, the uh, Rugby for All SOS Kit Aid. Well done, United Kingdom, apparently. Um, there oh. we go. Whatever they've done. Hey, rugby for like all, award. Um, now, World Rugby Referee Award goes to um, Dan McHugh. Sorry, David McHugh. Um, who, so why isn't he doing the? Um, why isn't he doing the uh, the, the manning the um, the World Cup final then? If he's the best, if he's the best uh, um, referee in the world. Um, what nationality is he? He's Irish. So in, there's oh, no reason why he couldn't. No reason. Get him in. So um, so yes, yeah, interesting there. Um, uh, so yeah, twenty years. Um, taking charge of twenty eight tests, spanning three World Cups from two twenty twenty nineteen ninety five to two thousand and three. Oh. Might be a bit old. So, um, so basically, he's been mentoring players now. So he meant, he's it's actually he's a coach mentor. And so he's, he's a he's a, rugby, he's a so he's not even a he's not in a proper world. So why the hell he got it? God knows. The Georgian I mean, guy yeah. should have refereed the final. Um, yeah, I've heard a lot of lot of that. But the Georgian guy was the best. Uh, it was there. Um, uh, some um, world of world rugby hall fame in Tees, Dan Carter, Thierry Dessertois, George Smith, Juan uh, Martin, Juan Martin Hernandez. And Brian Habana. I don't think we can we can argue with any of those. Um, nope. So um, yeah, congratulations to all those guys. And yeah, that was it was a matter of when, not if those guys were going to get inducted. Let's be let's be honest. Um, there with that one, um, I thought George Smith might still be playing. Uh, he, seemed, he seemed to play forever. Um, yeah, but, uh, he but clearly, clearly he must have retired if, they, if they're going to put him into the Hall of Fame. Um, yep. Yeah, so we've wrapped that up. Uh, thank you very much, Steve, um, because. <laughs> It's my bit's past my bedtime, unless you've got some other rugby crap you want to talk about. No, nah, not really. Just hating on the uh, world rugby right now. Yep, I, I agree with Bo Montessori should be in the bin. Uh, we need a change. We need a change. Start from the start. Uh, I love that name reviewer. That's his name from now on. Um, yeah, I think that world. That, I mean, those awards just like scream of the whole problem of the whole thing, doesn't it? It just screams of why everyone's complaining and why. Now, why not, why, not, why, not, why not name like a tier two team of the year? Just just give some inclusiveness, right? Well, not the, all this the other only, inclusive crap. The only tier two um, nominations were um, the Fijian head coach and a Fijian try. Are they tier two now, though? Are they still tier two? Well, okay, it's the closest you can get, basically. <laughs> there was, no, just... Those are the only two um, that... Uh, and. Uh, and I mean, Georgia were there because the try was scored against Georgia, but that's about it, really. <laughs> um, <laughs> clutching, clutching, <laughs> clutching at straight, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> but that's only because Fiji weren't allowed to play any tier one teams apart from England when they beat them um, before the Rugby World Cup. True. Um, the uh, because all the other ones were scared. At least England gave them a game. Um, Fair enough. The, um, <laughs> Not arguing with that. Look, I, I, little quick rant before we go. Go. The All Blacks have played one game ever in the. Um, I'm empty beer as well. One <laughs> game ever um, at, um, uh, at, 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 at in in the Pacific Islands, outside of New Zealand, uh, in their entire history, ever. 
that's a farce. That was that's a fun game. Farce. Sorry? That was a fun game. I remember that. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and they were embarrassed into doing it. They, they, they didn't want to. But um, uh, a, uh, a New Zealand, I've gone blank as tweet, uh, it was, it was um, Campbell, wasn't it? Uh, a New Zealand basic TV, TV presenter went on a massive, um, uh, basically embarrassed uh, the uh, New Zealand rugby. And then they made Samoa pay a million dollars to, to actually have the game anyway. Um, so, uh, yeah, um, why the All Blacks, the Maori All Blacks um, and um, uh, the Wallabies don't play one game every year in the Pacific Islands before the rugby world, before the, before the um, rugby championship as a warm up game, um, does my head in. Uh, it is, it's, it's, it's obvious. It gives them extra games. It helps helps grow the grow the rugby there. Um, we when it when New Zealand went, uh, they didn't pick anybody from the two Super Rugby franchises that made the Super Rugby final. Um, I remember a lot of people were thinking that Cody Taylor would be a one cap wonder at that time. Um, he's gone on to do some great things, and but he wouldn't he wouldn't have gone. He would that, that's how he got his opportunity because mm. um, other players like Dan Coles were in the final that year. Um, so um, yeah. Make it happen, because um, for all this kind of like, oh, it's the Six Nations teams that are causing Tier Two rugby to not be included. <sighs> Please, uh, I'm not saying they're they're, they're overly inclusive, um, but um, uh, but yeah, but but other countries uh, could uh, do more without that much effort. In all honesty, uh, so, there we go. Um, so anyone who's actually stuck stuck around for the 130 for the one hour 34 minutes to get that rant. Um, well done. Thank you. Um, and clearly you love us. So head over to patreon.com for slash sport radio um, to, um, to give us a bit of financial support so we can actually pay for, um, help pay for our streaming software and, uh, and stuff and maybe get uh, Steve, Steve some lights because it's, he's such he's, he's in a dark, dingy room there. Um, he's, 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 it's, you're, you're, you're in the gloom. Maybe it's like you've got a black flag behind you and a dark blue flag. There's just no, it's, you need some vibrancy. Up the no paces. Woo! Okay, hang on. <laughs> I can turn these lights around. There you go. Is that better? Oh, brightness. My eyes. Brightness. Are there we go. We can actually see you now. See his beautiful face, folks. So um, thank you, everybody. Uh, stay safe because, hey, boy, oh, boy, whilst Steve's had some wonderful um, uh, wonderful sunny weather down by him. It's My been, camera's going to um, overheat. It's been, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, rain and wind and all that kind of stuff Treacherous. here. But stay safe and uh, catch you all next week. Thank you. Bye. 